Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 30th, 2018. I'm back with Shaka, and we got to talk about Super Bowl 52. Shaka, um, how you feeling about this game? Give me some initial thoughts on, do you think this is going to be a blowout? You think it's going to be a close game? Let's just, let's just start there. Well, I think I feel the same way uh, most sports journalists right now do, and just in terms of, we're just out of stories to tell. I, uh, I, I couldn't help looking at ESPN's website, and the like, lead article says, um, Tom Brady's playlist, what he listens to, music. I'm like, we are out of stories about the game. Like, we just want it to happen. Give us the fucking game already. You know, I think uh, a lot of people. Were, were, I, I can't wait anymore, Sam. I, I'm. I need this game to start, dude. I think you are preaching to the choir, man. Because I think what you just described is Super Bowl week. The complete just bullshit of stories and, and media that comes out because, like you said, man, we need the game to start. We, there hasn't been a game. There's been a Pro Bowl game, which is historically no one gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. I tell you, the, the NFL could sink millions of dollars into trying to figure out how to make the Pro Bowl marketable, and they, it, I, don't, I still don't think it will work. Um, I, don't, I mean, honestly, the only idea I've ever had on that is to make, and it would never happen because uh, they're rookies, but have the rookies that are coming in in the future draft class have a Pro Bowl-esque game. Ooh. So you get to see, you know. But the problem with that is now you have, like, your young future star maybe gets injured in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And now they can't play a season. So it's the only – it's kind of a catch-22. It's intriguing, but it's risky. It feels almost like one of the biggest hazards of the Pro Bowl is simply that it's football and that someone could get hurt. Yeah. I think <laughs> they just been lucky. Well, we're going into Super Bowl 52 this Sunday – 6.30 Eastern Time, Minneapolis and U.S. Bank Stadium. It's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New England Patriots. This is a bit of a repeat of the last Eagles Super Bowl from 14 years ago where they played Tom Brady and the Patriots. We've recounted all of this. And, you know, to kind of talk through what's going on, if I'm correct, I believe the teams have done most of their game planning, most of their walkthroughs, most of their practices. That all took place last week. Then... They fly to Minneapolis, there's press day, there's media day. I know there's going to be practices, I know there's going to be walkthroughs, but if anything, you know, the one thing that, well, there's lots of advantages the Patriots have, but the Patriots have an advantage because they've done this before, they're used to the shtick, they're used to the routine, because there's it's very easy to get distracted with all of the things that are going on with the Super Bowl. It's very easy to all of a sudden realize that... Uh, you know, there's 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 social media clips of like you know players going out to eat. There's discussions of like you said, Tom Brady's playlist. There's discussions of the fact that Tom Brady was you know blew off an interview because the guy badmouthed his daughter. Like yeah. again, all of this just it's just noise. It's just a lot of noise trying to take your focus away from the game. You know, the excitement of the game that you know once we knew who was in the Super Bowl a week and a half ago all of the sort of ripping apart of the NFC and AFC championship games, you know, the the ripping apart what's going to happen in the Super Bowl, the prop bets, the halftime show, it's all noise. You and I both know this is all noise. Let's start talking. Dude, we got to we got to talk about this game. Yeah, I think they just can't I don't know. I They got nothing to talk about, man. At least during the football so, season there's 15 other games, there's plenty of games to talk about. Now that everyone's just just giving each other hand jobs waiting for this one game. I mean, I don't think there's any reason for you to remember, but have you seen those, like, do you remember the media day, just how bored everyone looks? Yeah. The players, like, I have to stand here or sit here for this shit. 
you know, like 90 of the same questions over and over again. That's, no one wants to do it. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. That was yeah, what he said all media day. I'm just here so I don't get fined. It needs a serious revamp of some kind. I. It's just, it, it's just too pandering. I'm over it. Yo, with the NFL, that revamp will come, but it'll probably come five years too late. That's just the NFL's deal. Yeah. They'll they'll figure this out and then five years later they'll be like, Oh, oh, this works so much better. We should have done that five years this. ago. Yeah, we could have done this a long time ago. They're making hands they're making money hands over hand over fist, so they don't they don't they really care no, that much. They have no reason to, to, to switch this over. Yeah, we, yeah, why, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> so let's okay, so now that we've ranted about the noise for a couple of minutes, let's talk about this game. Now let, let's state some of the initial facts, Shaka, and then I'm going to hit you with a few things what I, which I want you to try to pick apart and rip apart for me. A couple of the initial facts is as soon as this game you know, was announced and the matchups were set, uh, like every playoff game this season for the Eagles, they're underdogs. Patriots are favored. I think the line started at 5.5. I think it slid down to about 4.5. Um, but... And, you know, Patriots have all of the glory and the history and the tradition and the fact that they just win every single fucking game on their side. So clearly they're the favorites. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady. But as the last couple of weeks have gone on, what's come out to me, Shaka, is there's a very, very, very strong contingent of people out there, both in the professional media and normal people, who are feeling like the Eagles have got this game. They've got a great matchup going up against this Patriots team. They've got all the tools to take apart and beat this Patriots team. And what's been interesting for me is I can find lots of articles talking about how this Eagles team can beat the Patriots team. But I was struggling to find articles that would actually tell me how the Patriots would beat this Eagles team. And I thought that was really fascinating because in a way, even though the Patriots are sort of this Goliath, this darling of the NFL... The Eagle, I think in a way, we're kind of sick of them. We're kind of sick of Tom Brady. We're sick of the Patriots. We're sick of them always winning. I think now it's gotten to the point where even, you know, the common fan, if you're not a Patriots fan, is sitting here going, really, Tom Brady again, really? And I think a lot of the people are leaning towards, uh, you know, rooting for the Eagles. And I'm going to jump into some of the points right now. When you start to look at the matchup here, the actual game, and we're still at minute six and a half of this podcast. We still haven't talked about the actual game points yet. When you look at the matchup, there's a lot of things in favor of the Eagles. So let me hit you with a couple of things to start us off. Okay. I think that this Eagles front seven is going to be destructive. I think for many other times that we talk about how do you beat Brady, how did the Giants beat Brady in the Super Bowl, how have other teams gotten under Brady's skin, you put pressure on him. You, you disrupt the, the offensive line, you get him out of his rhythm, you get him to do some quick passes, and that's where Brady starts to make mistakes. The other thing I'm going to mention for uh, pieces for how the Eagles can win this game is getting their run game going. They need to really uh, utilize the run game to get Nick Foles into a rhythm. Let the run game happen so it can open up pass plays for Nick Foles. And as everyone's been mentioning, they've been doing RPOs all season, run pass options left and right. This is definitely something the Eagles utilize an awful lot. And over the last couple of weeks with these playoff games, you're seeing Foles do it some more. And then the last thing I want to mention is um, being able to shut down the Patriots sort of running backs, wide receivers, that kind of ability for them to kind of put Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead out, you know, on the left or the right or put them in the slot or put two of them in the backfield. You know, that's kind of been the sneaky weapon that the Patriots have had. 
most of the season, and I think it's something that could take advantage of the Eagles' D because it could buy them some additional time. It can essentially get the play away from the front seven a little bit. Yeah. Um, and that's where I see some of the weaknesses there. Okay, so I threw out a couple of ideas. Let's start there. Shaka, I've talked a lot. Tell me what you're seeing. Well, when you look at this game, you really kind of have to give it a, a yin and yang uh, scenario, which is basically Tom Brady has to be the best player in the field mm-hmm. for the Patriots to win. And the defense, if they do a pretty exceptional job, the Patriots' defense, then that's a bonus. And you look at the other side of this, for the Eagles, the defense has to be the MVP head. The defense has to pull this out for the Eagles. I, I mean, there's just no coming around it. They have to put pressure, like you said, there has to be put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. Just because, I look, I think I think this Eagles defense has the, the ability, they have the closure speed. They've done it with better quarterbacks, or sorry, I shouldn't say better, I should say more mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And the, the closure for them is not an issue. And Tom Brady's not the most mobile guy. And we know already... Belichick's a genius, and he's already planned for this. They're probably going to use a lot of, you know, no huddle offense. Yep. They're going to run them out of the shotgun, you know, and it's going to force it's going to force that Eagles defense to kind of play him honest. Yeah. It's going to kind of try to eliminate that Ethan pass rush, but I think if they just uh, they just got to come at him, even if they go with a you know just a three man rush, they can still you know do a lot of damage. I think to that um that that Patriots backfield, but uh, look. Nick Foles, if uh, if Nick Foles shows up, then that's a bonus. It's a great bonus because, I mean, that, you know, th- this Patriots team, you got to put points up against them. Tom Brady, you know, going up against any defense, you, you have to respect just the process. Uh, I think Tom Brady's the, probably the smartest quarterback that's ever played in the league. If you talk about just, you look at this, the, not just the, the last decade plus of dominance that they've had i mean just tom brady has he has he gotten any worse i mean he's 40 years old and i think the only thing that's going to stop him is not the, the, the mentality but just literally the physicality his body literally cannot yeah handle handle this the stress uh, you know it, it's remarkable and for any other athlete I would think probably the latter you know they're still physically able but that winner's mentality just isn't there anymore so I I mean it's phenomenal and that's a lot to go against you know one of the things I want to say about that because you know I think Brady's going to get knocked out of this league I think these quarterbacks you know even Peyton Manning kind of got knocked out of the league like whether I don't know how he got that neck injury but I have a feeling it was probably football related yeah, I think it was like stemming. It was a continual problem he had for like his career. I think it just got progressively worse and yeah. worse. And then one year, it was just all of a sudden, it was like the dominating story. I think that that's going to happen to Brady. I think that yeah. in the next year or two, he's going to get a concussion. He's going to get hit. That Something's going to happen where sooner or later, his 40-year-old body is not just going to bounce back. Um, yeah. But... Uh, that that's where, but let's focus on Brady here for a second because I, let's focus on these on this piece of the game before we get to Foles. We can move to Foles in a second, actually. But I liked what you were talking about with Brady because let's discuss a little bit about how that ga- how this game should. And I mean, I think the Eagles are going to want to play. They're going to want to get the ball first, go down the field, and get on the board, and then try to play keep away. I think a little bit. So, from a Brady perspective, listen, I think the Patriots' offensive line is respectable. 
but I don't think they're as good as the front seven for the Eagles. So I think the front seven for the Eagles is going to terrorize that offensive line. Now, going off of what you said, you make a very good point. Belichick's going to plan for this. You're going to have Brady in the shotgun a lot. You're going to have him throwing. I think he's probably going to want to throw the ball 50 times. I think is going to have like 15 targets. And these are going to be quick throws. I think it's going to be very, very fast because Belichick is going to try to minimize the pass rush's ability to actually get after Brady. Yeah. And in a way, and let me let me give you a throwback here. When the Eagles lost to the Seattle Seahawks, the way they lost in that game, at least in my opinion, was the the front seven got pressure. They had a four-man rush, or whether it was a three-man rush, they would get pressure, and they would break down that pocket, but Russell Wilson could get out of the pocket, buy himself some time, and make the play. I, I kind of think Brady's going to want to do that, but you just said it. Brady's not mobile. He can't roll out of the pocket like Wilson can. He, he sort of can, but I think in order to buy him that additional time, you're going to have him in shotgun more. You're going to have probably, you know, guys like Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis picking up the blitz more so that Brady can pick you apart, you know, with these short throws, these crossing routes, these Amendola, you know, you know substitute for Julian Edelman type routes. And that's sort of how I think he's going to try to move the ball. And I think a little bit of... You know, that allows him to attack the linebackers. That allows him to attack, you know, listen, I think Michael Kendricks and Danelle Ellerby are good, but, I mean, you're still missing that Jordan Hicks role. Right. And so that's where I think that's a little bit of the soft part of the defense, and if you open that up a little bit and then, you know, do some play action and get some runs in there, that's where I see the Patriots taking advantage. Where I see the Eagles actually kind of benefiting in that sort of conflict is because the Eagles are rotating their front seven. We've heard time and time again, it even happened in the Jacksonville game, and it happened in the Super Bowl last year. The pass rush was amazing. They got after Brady, and then they ran out of gas in the second half, and he killed them. Yeah, the Eagles well, have the rotation to not run out of gas, so there is a legitimate belief that come quarter three and quarter four, they're still getting pressure after him, and if they continue to get pressure after him, they continue to sort of you know, prevent him from doing what he wants to do in the pocket – that's where I see the Eagles winning that battle. To, give me some thoughts on sort of that smash of uh, Brady's uh, Brady's offensive line with the front seven of the Eagles. Well, I, I see. I like what you're saying there. It's there's just something about Bill Belichick and their Bill. I mean, when you think about this, Sam, they've been running this same goddamn offense. The offense really has not changed much in the last ten years. When you think about Julian Edelman being Mr. Clutch. I can't remember how many friggin' Super Bowls or how many games, big games the Patriots has. Remember when Peyton Manning was on the goddamn Colts and they were going at it for those conference games. It just, they haven't really changed the offense fundamentally when you think about it. Edelman played that certain check down wide receiver role. They always had a pretty solid tight end. I mean, they're just basic formula. We have not even mentioned Rob Gronkowski yet, and we're at minute 15. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, when you just think about there's always some kind of archetype they have. You know, and when you look at the history of the guys that they've had in that backfield, Shane Vereen, once upon a time, had the same role to Deion Lewis. I remember when Deion Lewis was kind of like the, you know, the little novice, like the apprentice in that. I mean, dude, for, for 10 years, they had Kevin Falk. Yeah, they had, and Kevin Falk served that same exact kind of role, a guy who could run the ball and who would catch it out of the backfield. I mean, not even so much that they were pro bowlers, but they're just 
fundamentally solid guys. Like, they're consistent. You're going to get the same exact numbers from them for X amount of years. It's like getting good mileage on your cars. You know, like, they're just, they just do it so well. And then while they're doing that, they're grooming the next guy to take over that role. You got James White. James White. In the archetype. I mean, when you look, Chris Hogan is coming up in the archetype, you know, to take uh, Amendola's places. I mean, he's been pretty battered lately, which mm-hmm. is kind of the thing that happened to Julian Edelman. So they just rotate these guys in and out. They like parts. This is a fucking factory, Sam. I'm starting to think about Gronk and how Gronk might be a serious wrench in the Eagles' plans here because that's a guy – it's hard to game plan for him. Yeah. I mean, that concussion he he, he took had people a little bit uh, wondering what was going to happen to him. But, uh, I mean, Gronk is – not even if Gronk is healthy. If Gronk is okay to play, it's going to matter. It's just going to matter. He's always, I mean, a big third down play where he gets like 27, you know, yards, just chunk yardage on a team. It can rip your heart out because this guy is fucking fast. Yeah, and he's huge. It's going to be hard to take him down. And listen, Eagles got a good secondary, but, you know, nobody's particularly big. They hit hard, but, I mean, these are not huge guys. And Gronk, sometimes you need three guys just to bring him down. Yeah, I mean, look, there are some defensive sets. Uh, that are pretty good. We have the safety come on as a second shadow, mm-hmm. you know, when he's uh, running to bat. So you're basically putting a double on him. If he gets too close to the middle of the field, you got two guys, you know, one there to kind of take the risk to deflect the pass, and the other guy to make sure he doesn't get past you. So I, the, the, there's the scheming that you can do to kind of prepare for Gronk. And there are a couple teams who have, you know, limited Gronk. Let's say he'll get six catches, but it might be if you're only 60 61 yards. I mean, not much. I mean, a solid performance, but it's not a Gronk performance where he's got two touchdowns on you and 116 yards. And you're like, this guy's a fucking tight end. Why is he playing like Terrell Owens out here? <laughs> you know? I mean, he just has those games where you just scratch your head at the, the byline where it's just like, what? Like, 160 yards? This guy? Like, it's just... He's a barbarian. Dude, and he's taking these monster hits like they're nothing. And I know he's still in the concussion protocol. There's a very real chance he's not going to play in this game. But I, listen, you can't not game plan for him. If he's not in the game, that's just icing on the cake, in my opinion. Yeah, and just also factor in, we're talking about the Patriots here. They're, they're notorious with their injury reports to be very vague, to make sure that you have to over, you know, let's say you have to over strategize and game plan for this guy only to find out that he's not even in the fucking game. He's scratched. So, you know, it kind of throws a lot of your scheming out of the window. It's it's a really good mind game that they're, you know, that the league is trying to hold them to be more honest at, but it works for the Patriots. Dude. You really can't scheme for them, and it gives them flexibility so they can adjust. Dude, secrecy is right out of the Bill Belichick playbook. It's, it, I mean, the Eagles got their hands full, man, but now- I... I I'm like everyone else. I feel good about this. And I think part of it is going back to what you originally said. A part, a part of us, we're just tired of seeing the Patriots win. We're just like, we're over it. Everyone's like, okay, we get it. Tom, you're fucking wonderful. Just go off into the sunset already. Fuck off. You well, know, like, and, and you know, I mean, listen, I, I, we got, we, I, I must highlight the fact that, you know, there's a lot of things that, that tilt this game in the favor of the Eagles. All right, yeah. the, the, as a complete team, the Eagles are the ones that really stand out. Like they're the ones who have earned this and dragged themselves all the way to a Super Bowl with a backup cornerback, no less. The Patriots have sort of been able to do it with not a perfect team, just kind of you know gusto, coaching, and experience. 
And, you know, I say this because let's highlight who the hell did the Patriots beat to get to this Super Bowl. They beat the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's not a particularly impressive road to a Super Bowl, if you ask me. So, like, I'm sitting here saying, you know, yeah, they, they weren't schlubs. Those teams had good years, but... Who did the Patriots really get challenged by? Like, did they play the Steelers? They didn't. You know, did they play even a team like the Chiefs? They didn't. So there's a, t- you know, so we're coming into this, and you can look, and it's it's kind of easy to poke holes at some of the the pieces of the Patriots. And I'm going to segue that right into this. We just talked about Brady and the Eagles D. Let's talk about Nick Foles and the Patriots defense. So this Patriots defense is not bad. I don't I don't know if they're Super good, though. This is the same Patriots defense that was letting up 30 points a game for the first four weeks of the season. This is the same Patriots defense that had to figure their shit out and really stop pointing fingers at each other midway through the season to actually, you know, come together and be a solid D. And they started to play up and be pr- and be pretty strong. Right. But I don't think we, you know, I don't think it's a mystery that the Eagles have a better D. So let's start thinking about how how is this Patriots defense going to actually thwart the Eagles offense because thwarting Nick Foles shutting down the run game for the Eagles that's essentially going to put the Patriots in a position where it's the rate it's that Eagles Raiders game on Christmas Day where Foles can't do anything with the ball and the Eagles are winning on a field goal at the end of regulation it was a little bit scary I mean like tell me how the Patriots are going to actually take apart. Like how can they beat these run pass options? How can well, they, you know, actually get around and 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 get into the backfield and shut down and blow up run plays by Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi? Like, what do you see happening? I can honestly tell you, I, I'm pretty sure the Patriots have that specific game on quite a few. You know, uh, they got them on a lot of game film, especially kind of just going over you know, what exactly Nick Foles is bad at, you know. And I think actually Nick Foles, in terms of handling pressure, he's been, done a pretty damn good job. I agree. But I think when I – one of the biggest knocks he gets is that sometimes he can kind of tend to give away. Like, you know, he, do, he doesn't have that, like, that double move. He doesn't have the – just the ability to look off at the Yeah, I was going to say that sort of innate or like yeah. like the things that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers do without thinking. He just telegraphs everything. Um, and what, Not that he telegraphs everything. He has a tendency to kind of telegraph a pass. It's just the fact that he's so naturally talented. I mean, he can throw the ball. Yeah. He can throw a pretty nice, uh, uh, you know, bomb. So it, it, it kind of makes up for some of his shortcomings. If, even if he's telegraphing a little bit, if the guy is talented enough, you know, remember some of his best uh, seasons with uh, Sean Jackson mm-hmm. out there throwing a deep ball to him, and I mean they just they worked together. I, I, I think Jackson just, Jackson's just run with the Eagles is one of the so much talent in a guy and not really fulfilled. And I think if they'd given him and Foles some more time together and just kind of built around that, it actually would have had something dangerous. That's uh, that's another death at the hands of Chip, of Chip Kelly. Yeah, so the edges, man, the Chip Kelly era just... Oh, you know, because he could just sub in anybody and it would be fine. Look, especially this just trip to the Super Bowl just, I think, elevates the failure of Chip Kelly so much more. When you look at, like, this is what a good team is supposed to look like, you know? So it's... 
it's tragic. But f- look, Foles still has the intangibles. He's still got the the ability. I think they're just going to have to spoon feed it to him a little bit. Turn over free football. You yeah. know, give him pass plays that, you know, or like 10-yard outs. And as soon as the receiver, you know, if the receiver doesn't get it, it's going out of bounds, you know, just to kind of really keep the Patriots defense honest because they never play scared. And they also adjust to situations. Mm. You're wilding them in the first half. By the second half, they figured out kind of how to scheme for you and how to handle what you're throwing at them. You know, it's one of those things where I always say, why don't teams adjust in the way the Patriots do it? It's just that it's really friggin' hard to do. It's it's something you have to admire the Patriots for, you know, being so quick to to switch the game plan around. They don't get stagnant. They don't stumble. You know, you throw something new at them and they kind of try, and even if they don't counter it per se, you know, they'll just give you this look that you weren't ready for. I think about that. Stephen uh, Gilmore at deflection mm-hmm. at the end of that game. Just, I mean, just big moments. Man. I mean, it was it was really different, their defense in the second half against the Jags in the first half. Yeah. I, they. It's not like they came out and were like the best damn defense in the league, but every time there was a big moment, a big third down, a big conversion opportunity, they just showed up, you know? And that's what sometimes you can ask for, is that you, on defense especially, just show up. Sometimes I've seen teams teams take a, you know, you give up a 60-yard a bomb one play, and then all of a sudden your back's broken. you, you got to be able to recover. So I, I think the Eagles, are, they, they don't play anyone scared, man. I, I, I'm really, really, I'm really high on them for this game. I uh, Dude, I'm feeling the same way because – it's just they've got too many pieces that are in all the right places. This defense is prepared, has all of the all of the things that it needs to go up against Brady for 60 minutes. And these are things they've talked about. They've looked at enough game film on Brady. They're ready for these crazy plays that Josh McDaniels is going to draw up. I think they're ready for the Patriots to distribute the ball to James White and Burkhead and Deion Lewis. You know, I think they're ready for these trick plays. You know, the thing that that I think could be weaknesses is some of these longer plays to Danny Amendola where they take advantage of the Eagles' secondary, which is not bad, but has been the weak part of their team. You know, attacking the soft middle linebackers, that could be an issue as well. Um, The things that scare me on the other side of the ball is, you know, stopping Nick Foles on third down, uh, blowing up run plays in the backfield, uh, you know, getting it to a point where they cannot keep Brady off the field with their run game and time of possession. Like, time of possession for the Eagles, I think, is going to be gigantic in this game. So much. And, you know, it's going to be a – if they can't stay on the field and do 10, 13 play drives, I mean, the Patriots are going to be able to fight back because I don't care how good the Eagles' defense is, Brady's going to move the ball somewhat. He might not score on every drive, but he's going to figure out a way to at least, you know, play the field position battle. And all of a sudden, it might be a punt game where you're trying to get the, where, you know, the Patriots are trying to pin the Eagles in behind their own 10-yard line, and the Eagles are trying to do the same thing at the Patriots. I think I think it really goes without saying that this is the biggest game of J.H.I.'s life. I mean, if you lead, if you lead the Eagles to victory in this game, you put them on your back and you run, you run into a championship. You mean you can't fumble the ball in your first carry like he did against the Falcons? It's literally, I mean, Sam, you don't have any bigger of a stage. A guy who was on a a Miami Dolphins team that was going nowhere, uh, was traded to all of a sudden, now I wouldn't say worst to first, but essentially worst to first 
and just getting a chance to show why you're so damn talented. Also showing every now and then uh, why they were frustrated with you in Miami. So I, I, I think, man, J.H.I. could be something great. He, he's been probably one of the biggest surprises uh, just in terms of a running back in the last three or so years. So I think if they give him enough uh, opportunities, and he's been actually doing pretty well with screen pass. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been great in the screen pass it. game. He can, he can do it. I, I think it really adds because he really did not do it at all in Miami. When you really think about it, he was a north to south runner. I mean, but we're all kind of surprised. Who knew he could actually catch it out of the back? And maybe that's something they're also kind of implementing in Philly. Like, that's something he's had to pick up on more. Mm. It might be something he's improved on. You know, because I, 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 you'd almost imagine that any running back that is actually pretty good at catching out of the backfield, you should give him as many opportunities as possible. There's a ton of guys right now in the league who won't hit you for 1,000 yards rushing, but they'll give you, you know, 600 yards rushing and 600 yards receiving, which yeah. I'll take. You know, 1,200 yards from scrimmage is fantastic. So, I mean, Ajayi, if he can do that, I mean, just another element. That's Todd Gurley-esque element you have to the game. And and you're really talking about, like, trying to rip off a big play. Like, one yeah. big play, you the know, could be the difference option. maker in this game. Look, the run-pass option, when it's done well in the NFL, I mean, it's it's a beauty to behold, man. I mean, that, that, that threat of having, the you know, the running back come through an open lane just forces sometimes the defense to be so honest that they never really catch that fake. And um, you can get you can get that, you know, secondary guy to stutter a step, and that's enough to create the separation for a big play. So the run-pass option, when it's done well, I should say, there are only a few quarterbacks who are kind of the master at it. And um, we have a couple of guys who are really good at it this year. You know, uh, Mariota uses some effect when mm-hmm. they're really working down in Tennessee. So I, I think I, I can't really say I've looked at enough Eagles videos to say, you know, Nick Foles is good at it, but I'm assuming, I'm assuming he is. And there's a couple big moments from that, um, that Vikings game where I think uh, they really kind of busted it out on that defense and they weren't ready for it. Do you, uh, do you think there's going to be a little bit of a fuck you game here from LeGarrette Blunt? I don't know if there's a. I actually don't like, know. Like, I want him to rip off like a 60 yard run somewhere and just go beast mode, but I, I don't well, know if it'll happen. Did they, did they um, not re sign him over money or did no, the Eagles? Did, I don't think it was. I don't think it was bad blood. I just think LeGarrette Blunt's a hard hitting guy and he's sort of like, yo, man, I'm on the other team now, whatever. Well, you got to know he's coming in here hungry. I mean, what, what a story would be to beat your old team to get a ring with the team and then come back and beat them the next year. Jesus. I would be, I would be fucking hyped. I would be so amped up. I would definitely, uh, I'd definitely be, uh, some looking for some bulletin board material. If I were him, dude, like Garrett blunt is, might be officially the most underrated sort of superstar around. This guy has been on some of the greatest teams in the last 10 years. And to think he was on the scrap heap at one time, but Mr. X factor, Dude, big time. I uh, I also, just right now, because I, I feel like we're, we're maybe getting to a stopping point. I don't want to stop just yet, but I want to pour one out for some of the Eagles who we have not mentioned on this podcast who, listen, there's a lot of great Eagles who played some serious football. for. The, and as an Eagles fan, I want to respect the players who, listen, they might be injured. They might not be playing in this game, but damn it, it's a long season. Lots of guys get injured, and they were part of this winning franchise. I'm going to pour one out for Darren Sproles. That's Darren right. Sproles. I don't know where he is right I don't know how that works. Is he with the team? Is he not with the team? Is he there in Minneapolis? I don't know, but it's weird sometimes. I would assume, I would assume if I were Darren Sproles, I would go. 
he did win one. He, I think he was in the Super Bowl with the Saints. I think, yeah, I th- did. Yeah, I think he did one with the Saints. I'll look it up. I think he was in the Super Bowl when he was with the Saints. But um, look, anytime you get to go, get a ring with you, a different team. Anytime yeah. you get to go, you go. You go. <laughs> Um, I'm here for I'm here for moral support. By the way, I confirmed he did not win a Super Bowl with the Saints. He was still with the Chargers. Uh, sadly, sadly. Um, another guy I'm going to pour one out for is Jason Peters. I'm yes. Go- I'm also going to pour one out for Jordan Hicks. Uh, might as well pour one out for Caleb Sturgis. I know he's the kicker, and we got a better kicker now, but just pour one out for him. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few other players, but of course, the guy who we have not mentioned here, who, in my opinion, is the MVP of the season, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. That's right. Of all the of all the players, he's probably one of the guys who's the most most culpable for this this Eagles team being in the Super Bowl. He'll be limping around on the sideline with a torn ACL, and you know what? We'll be very curious to see exactly who will be starting week one because, you know, God love him. Don't rush back, man. All right? You might be seeing Chase Daniel or Nate Sudfeld starting week one. Maybe they'll go back and get another guy off the scrap heap because I tell you right now, Foles is signing with another team. This is – it's somebody – he's going to be starting for the Jaguars or something next season. Is his contract up? I think – I don't know. I think he was on a one-year deal. I think his contract was up, but I could totally be wrong. I'm very curious to see as to what – no one's really talked about it, though. I, I was wondering – hmm, it's a good question. I mean, I heard a little bit about – because I he might still be – I'm looking right now. Let's see. He might still be under contract because then they could possibly – oh, yeah, he signed a two-year deal. Oh, he did. Okay. Oh, so yeah, that's great, which means then, then he becomes a, a tasty little trade chip. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all working out in the Eagles' favor. Um, okay. All right, we talked about what this game's going to look like, what we think are the spots that are going to be exploited in this game by either team. Yep. I'm just telling you right now, I'm picking the Eagles to win, and I've thought about this a little bit. I'm going to say 23-19. Huh. Because I think there's going to be some field goals. I think it's going to be some close field position battles. And I think touchdowns are going to be hard to come by. And I think the Eagles are probably going to kick their way to freedom. Okay, I think that's fair. I'm going to go actually Eagles with a touchdown. Mm. I, uh, I like this defense. I Turnovers are key. Nick Foles. Yeah, we didn't even talk about turnovers in this game. It's it's. I mean, if Nick Foles just protects that football, that's all you can really ask for. Um, on the other side, if the Eagles can force a fumble here or there. If they can catch Tom Brady off guard or like right before his throw in motion goes forward, you know, I think just, there's... Just get, get get like one hand on his hand before yeah. he throws it, like Chris Long, just strip it a little. Yeah. Get some to do that look left, look right move, just like what happened, you know. Um, the future's bright, Sam. Oh, so good to hear that, Shaka. So good Going to hear that. Going Eagles. Go Eagles, man. It's exciting to just see people around me actually rooting for the Eagles. Whether or not they're Eagles fans or not, I got people being like, you know what? I don't care. But fuck Tom Brady. Yeah, man. This is uh, it's time. Let's end, let's end this. Let's, right off of the sunset, Tom Brady. Dude, I love it. Let's, let's end this on a high note. We're going to get out of here. Shaka and I, that's right. We've come to the end of the football season, Super Bowl 52. We've picked our winner. We both like the Eagles. Let's hope that uh, history is made on Sunday because I'll be watching, man. Are you, you you having a party or anything? You having anybody over? 
I um I think we're supposed to be doing a little get together. We're going to a friend's house. He nice. is a Patriots fan. Okay, okay. So when the Eagles are stomping on them, I will be sure not to call that place. He's a big Boston guy. I actually um was at his place for the Super Bowl last year. I was going to say last year's Super Bowl. That must have been crazy. So I can tell you I've already seen I've already seen the the the, the nice circle of hell and it's in that room at that time. <laughs> so it's just man, it's just definitely he's a Boston guy. He's a great guy actually. I there's nothing bad about no, him. No, no, no. I'm sure. I mean, just to be in in to be in the afterglow of a true New England fan of sports is just ah oh, man. I'm so I'm so sobered up. I've been drinking this whole afternoon and I'm suddenly sober. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm gonna have a few people over. Nothing too crazy, but uh, I'm gonna make everyone aware of the fact that I'm like, hi, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm rooting for the Eagles. I might tell you to shut the fuck up if the Eagles are, you know, calling a play and you're talking. Uh, but just please be aware that this is now Eagles territory. Just respect. Just, just respect. Res- just respect. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> um, but on that note, dude, let's get the hell out of here, man. Go Eagles. Yeah. Subscribe to Don't Sam Sports Pod. No, I'm going to say go Eagles. You say it so everyone can hear it too. All right. Go Eagles. Thank you. Uh, I just, I, I, I can't get enough of saying go Eagles. Did I mention the Eagles are in the Super Bowl? Did I mention that? Did, did, did we say that? Might be going around. Might be going around. Uh, subscribe to Sam Sports Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. And email Shaka and I, if you're a big Patriots fan, you want to talk some shit at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Guys. Enjoy Super Bowl 52. Shaka and I will be back next week on Tuesday to either deal with the aftermath of my grief or bask in the glory of victory. One of those two will be the outcome. Shaka, any closing words before we get the hell out of here? Um, I got some Jets news, actually. Some very strange Jets news. Please. Um, Mike Shanahan, when he was in uh, Denver was not really the offensive uh, play caller. He had a team of guys running as his, um, basically one coordinated the running backs, one coordinated the uh, actual quarterbacks. They are now both the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Very weird. I, I, I'm trying to process, uh, but basically Jeremy Bates, who was, I believe he was the quarterback's coach, mm. is now the offensive coordinator, along with his partner from Denver. So they're like the, the one two tandem. They're a duo. Um, yeah, it's very strange. I'm 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 very curious to see what the uh what the NFL draft strategy is gonna be now with this. Interesting. I definitely think... going for a quarterback here or something. Yeah, but I, I do like I like that as a step forward for the Jets. They need to be taking positive steps and that's a good one. Yeah, we'll see how this works out. I'm very uh not mixed feelings. I'm just I, I'm I don't have enough knowledge of how they call plays to to have a feel about it well listen we're gonna find out very soon as training camp starts up but yeah we can't get there too fast we still got one more game of this season left enjoy the super bowl guys yes everybody enjoy the super bowl we'll be back next week and uh like i said go eagles go eagles